Today we begin the new church year, and we know that this year hangs, as it were, from two poles, the two greatest feasts of our church year that we most celebrate. One of them is Christmas, in which we celebrate the incarnation of our Lord Jesus, that he took on human nature and was made man and was born a baby in Bethlehem. The other is Easter. We remember his passion and death and triumph over death in the resurrection. These are our two great feasts. But it's not, they're not only one day each, but they begin a season, the Christmas season and the Easter season. And each one of them is also preceded by a season of preparation. So it is that we begin this church year with the Advent season, the season of preparation that gets us ready to be ready to celebrate our Lord's birth on the feast of Christmas. Now we know that the idea of preparation is all around us throughout these weeks, throughout the month of December. After all, many voices of our culture and especially businesses have some very specific ideas of how they want you to celebrate Christmas and how they want you to spend the next several weeks preparing. Strangely enough, these ways all have to do with putting money in their pockets. As you spend money on cards and gifts, on getting ready to travel and host parties and dinners and so on, this is the kind of preparation that the culture has in mind, and it would like to keep you very busy indeed. Mother Church has a somewhat different kind of preparation in mind. This is why we call this season Advent, from the Latin Adventus, meaning coming or arrival. We will prepare to be ready to celebrate that first coming of our Lord Jesus 2,000 years ago by preparing ourselves now to be ready to welcome him in his second coming when he comes in the future. We prepare ourselves to be ready to meet him. And in preparing ourselves in that way, then we're also ready to worthily celebrate the Feast of Christmas. And so it is that as we begin Advent, we focus ourselves upon that second coming. We know this is something that we confess each week in the Nicene Creed. We confess that he will come again in glory. We heard our Lord Jesus speaking of this as many other times in the scriptures, as he, the Son of Man, will come in the clouds. St. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, the Lord himself with the voice of command, with the, with the word of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven. And what will follow immediately upon the second coming? The resurrection, as both just and unjust, are raised from the dead. And then as all, every nation stands before him as he carries out the general judgments, revealing all truth, about all of our lives and giving to each person the reward or the punishment that they truly deserve. And then what will follow that will be the fulfillment of all these promises. As the kingdom of God is brought to its fulfillments, 
as the universe itself is transformed in the new heavens and the new earth, in which there will be no more suffering, no more death, but we will be together with God in perfect happiness. This, this, which comes with the second coming of Christ, as Christians, is the focus of our hope. And we have been looking forward to it ever since the moment when Jesus ascended into heaven. Those earliest Christians seem to have expected that his return would be after just perhaps a few years. It's been delayed as he gives everyone a chance to hear his message and to believe in him and to respond. But with that same hope, with that same joyful expectation as the Christians of the first century and the intervening centuries, we too look toward his second coming and we pray with them, come Lord Jesus. Now we heard in our gospel reading our Lord Jesus speaking of his second coming but especially speaking of the events that will precede it and of how he wants us to be, to think, to act, so that we are ready when it comes. And we heard him say two things, two ways that he wants us to be in contrast to how many others will be. The first is that he tells us to be vigilant, not drowsy. He wants us to be aware in general that he is coming again and indeed to be alert to it each day. We know that many people in the world have no idea that he is coming again. But there are many who know, who believe, but who lose sight and how easy it is to lose sight of it. He speaks of carousing and drunkenness and we know that there are many kinds of activities whether addictive sort of activities or just great busyness, can distract us so that we forget that he is coming again. But maybe it is not great, tumultuous things. Perhaps it's just the daily grind and ruts, the anxieties of daily life. And we forget. He says, remember. Be alert, be ready, be prepared, be watching, be vigilant. If it doesn't catch you by surprise, like it will catch many. The second thing is he tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be paralyzed by fright. Within this chapter, he explained many terrible events that will occur leading up to his second coming. Terrible events in the natural universe, terrible events in the political organization of the world, even terrible persecutions for his followers. And we can well imagine that if someone doesn't know anything of the truth that he has communicated, that experiencing these things and seeing terrible things getting worse and worse, that people would be very afraid indeed, fainting or even dying of fright, as he says. But he's told us that his coming, he's told us, we know, and we know that these are, as both he and St. Paul used the image, they are like labor pains preceding the birth. It is not only they that occur in themselves, but we know what it means is coming. And so he says, stand up, lift your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Well, anyone else being afraid by not understanding would be very afraid. 
we know what's coming. And so he tells us, be alert and don't be afraid. Be hopeful as you look toward my coming again. In the weeks ahead, to help us in preparing for his coming, the church will place between, before our eyes and our ears the two great figures of the season of Advent, John the Baptist and the Blessed Virgin Mary. John the Baptist will hear from in the gospel readings of the next two Sundays. It was his job to prepare people for his first coming, and we listen to him again to prepare us for his second coming. And what will we hear John say? We know, repent, prepare the way of the Lord, examine your lives, and make changes. This fits with what we heard from St. Paul in today's second reading. Examine your actions, your conduct, and change them so that when the Son of Man comes, you'll be holy in his sight and ready to meet him. And so John the Baptist encourages us to what actions? To self-examination and also to sacramental confession. At least once, maybe twice in this season. Following his good counsel of how to prepare for the coming of our Lord. If this is what we hear from John the Baptist, what will we see in the example of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who we'll be hearing about on the fourth Sunday of Advent? Well, surely we have imagined her during those nine months of pregnancy while she awaited the birth of her Lord and her Son within her. We can imagine those quiet times of prayer and joy and peace when she would take time to sit with and to savor the Lord within her, even as she looked forward to when he would be present in a new way, and she would be able to look upon him and hold him in her arms. We too have the Lord within us and with us, dwelling in our hearts, coming to us in Holy Communion. And we may spend quiet time in prayer as we too look toward when he will be coming in a new way. One special way to do this is the use of the Advent wreath at home, gathering the family each night, singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And as one Catholic blogger was recently writing, though there are really beautiful, perfect ways to do Advent wreaths, if this happens to be a busy, difficult year, there are simpler ways, even just making them out of paper with no flames involved, but to gather around that wreath and pray and sing together, as well as by ourselves. Our Lord Jesus is coming soon. He directs us to be vigilant. He directs us to be hopeful John the Baptist encourages us to examine ourselves and be cleansed. With the Blessed Virgin Mary, we prepare by spending time in quiet prayer. Prepare the way of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus.